a quick message before we get into this week's episode. For longtime listeners of the show, you know that Ian and I have been very reluctant to add sponsors and to add recommendations to our podcast. Our priority is to you, to the writers and to the creators. And so we've held off to make sure that we can find partnerships that we feel good about and products that I can honestly recommend. And that's why I'm so excited to recommend this week's sponsor to you. Quillbot.com, Q-U-I-L-L-B-O-T.com. This is a tool that I am personally using to build a newsletter that I haven't announced yet, but it's it's been hugely beneficial for me. So Quillbot is a paraphrasing tool. And the way that I'm using it is I'm scrubbing long form articles that are very, very in-depth with information that I know my audience will really value and appreciate. And I copy that content and I paste it into Quillbot. And Quillbot paraphrases all of the text into a couple sentences, sometimes a couple paragraphs to really shorten and pack in the information, which allows me to better piece this information into a curated newsletter that I am sending out weekly. For people that listen, you know that I really, really believe in the newsletter space. We believe that newsletters are great businesses to start and and you should start one. If you want to get involved in online media and start creating a business for yourself, a newsletter is a great place to start. And this tool, Quillbot, has been so beneficial for me in building this curated newsletter that I'm working on. It makes it so that I can jam pack a lot of information into not a lot of space. And it really, really has helped me format my newsletter and provide the information to my readers in a way that I know they enjoy, in a way that I know they can quickly digest, in a way that I feel really proud about. So once again, check out this week's sponsor, quillbot.com, Q-U-I-L-L-B-O-T.com. It's easy to sign up and tell them that Tim sent you. All right, let's get on to the show. Hey, Lara. What's up? Thank you for Hi. coming on. Thank you for inviting me. I'm so excited. Yeah, likewise. You and I have uh, developed a, a cool friendship. I've been following your journey. I'm a huge fan of, of what you're doing. And we're going to start this podcast in a different place because I just learned something really, really interesting about you before we, we started hitting record. So you, you've, you've built a huge following on LinkedIn. And we were joking around about like how cool and popular you are. And I asked if anybody had ever stopped you on the street and, and recognized you. And you said, yeah. And then Man. all nonchalantly, you said, yeah, but I'm used to it because I used to be a fitness influencer. Um, you and I joke a lot about fitness. I know that you love powerlifting and I think that's super cool. But I, I guess the question is, how, how do you transition from the Instagram selfie life to let's call it more the LinkedIn personal branding life. Did you just decide one day that you wanted to switch or did it just kind of happen? No, it just kind of, I, I stumbled onto LinkedIn and we'll, I'll talk to you about it in a minute. But uh, the way it happened was completely by accident. Um, I'd actually ghosted my social media for six months because I was trying to figure out what I wanted from life. 
And I was getting really fed up of the vain, like the vanity from Instagram. Like you said, the selfie life is like you're being judged on how you look rather than, you know, anything else. And people were like consistently commenting on my stuff like, oh, you're this, you're that, you look like this and that. And I was like, is that all I am to you? And it stressed me out and I just got fed up with it. Um, The community that builds out of love um, through fitness and powerlifting and empowerment, whatever that I did, it quickly turned sour as soon as I gained weight. And I learned my lesson there where you can't just build something based on your, like your looks, you have to build something else. And I wanted to be transcendent. I wanted to have a bigger legacy than just what I look like. So it came a lot, it came through a lot of self-reflection of like, what do I actually want from life? And it was on Instagram. I think that's really cool and honest that you can be vulnerable in that way. I've written a couple articles about this, whereas I personally embarked a little bit more on, I know it's semantics, right? But when I think the word, the phrase personal branding, I think a lot more along the lines of social media. Whereas what I've done over the last 10 years, more like content marketing, I think websites and articles and newsletters and blogs, I know that it's all kind of the same thing, but in my head, I I have them in like little different categories. And uh, I've written a few times about, about Instagram and about pictures and the dangers of traveling down that path where you're known for a specific thing that it's, it's impossible to keep that forever. You know, like when I've gone on cuts with with my own fitness and, you know, maybe really, really trained for, for a particular thing, like your body, it's impossible to stay the same. And you get to this place and you think like, oh, I've done it now. But you, you, you can't stay that way. Like it is actually impossible. And so for that reason, I purposefully made the decision. And this is weird for for me to say. I I didn't expect this conversation to go this way just because I'm a guy, right? I'm a man. And like people don't think of it in the same way for for men and women. But I purposefully decided that I was no longer going to share like photos of myself on Instagram and photos of my fitness and even like pictures of of just me and and my family because of the comments. I keep it strictly business on... (laughs) That sounded funny. I keep it strictly business on on those kind of platforms. So, to to transition that a little bit more to like a productive question, do you enjoy this style of your social media and this style of your business a lot more? Because you seem on the outside like you're you're having a really good time, like you're really happy. I love it. Like it's given me in LinkedIn has given me purpose uh, on Instagram. I was consistently having body dysmorphia and being stuck to how people view me and how I perceived myself because of how like Instagram works and TikTok works, etc. And on LinkedIn, I got to choose who I wanted to become. And then I created a person that was intelligent, that was outgoing, that was like very knowledgeable and things, which I always was. But I never got the chance to talk about it. On Instagram, every single time I tried to talk about anything else that wasn't fitness people would hate it and I hated being a box like I people tried to put me in a box and I was like no no I I, I'm not a box I I I don't want any labels I don't I don't I don't want to be seen as a fitness influencer I want to be seen as Lara whatever multifaceted being I am and what I choose to be that day I want to be that I and it's just LinkedIn has given me the opportunity to recreate that and now I built this like big brand on the where I can choose 
what I want to be at any given day and people like that and I get to connect with people in a very different way uh the community on that is incredible as you know it's all about networking on that and it, and people have true intentions they want to learn and I'm so ready to teach and I'm also learning so it's been amazing and I'm having the best time I get to meet you and Charles Miller and everyone else that's so cool I I, I really yeah. mean it I I didn't I, I try to keep these episodes really pragmatic and teach people and give people the information that they're looking for but I, I genuinely appreciate like you being vulnerable in that way because there's it's a real thing that I had to deal with and one of the reasons why I stayed away from social media for so long and now over the last three years is I've just found my lane in it and figured out like who I'm talking to and the message that I'm, I'm trying to put out there. It's improves my life so much. It's bringing me so many opportunities. I mean, all the people on my podcast, I basically meet through Twitter and LinkedIn, yourself included. I feel like I have great relationships with people. So there's more to it. I've got to see the positive side of social media. Basically, we're in my mind. It was all like, stay away. That's poison. There's nothing good in it for you. But there really is a flip side where there's been a lot of value in my life that, that I've gotten from it. So I just, I really, really appreciate you sharing that. Thank you. All right. So let's get into it. How the hell did you build such a, a LinkedIn profile so fast? It's not just that you built a huge audience. You built a huge audience so fast. Like, I know this is the loaded question, you know, what's the hack? What's the secret? How did you do it? But seriously, like, <laughs> how did you do that? I cared enough. Um, I learned my uh, on, on on Instagram. I, I I really like that we spoke about this because now I can give context on this. I I know how to build an audience. I built it on Instagram. Uh, I got my profile up to fifty k on TikTok and like forty k on Instagram. So I know what it takes to not just build a following but a community. And that's that's the slow route. Like I took my time. I networked my way onto like the top. I guess instead of paying for followers paying for likes paying for um, comments i didn't do that i didn't do any of like the shortcuts that i've recently learned off i took my time and i fostered relationships that have now been able to be they're now scaling themselves so it wasn't a hack i did the very basic things that you probably see if you google how to grow on instagram or how to grow on linkedin but i just added care like i cared enough to talk to people i think that is such a good answer just can you elaborate on that because it was the first thing you said you just said i cared enough what does that even mean what does care look like when you're building a linkedin following yeah so a lot of people online they're trying to they they don't they're only there to either make money or to grow so there's no personality and in social media that's what stands you out. The way you speak to people, you're connecting with others at scale. So if you're able to, you know, take time and have a conversation with those people in your comment section where you're able to share experiences and stuff, that's what scales you the most. Not just in followers, but in emotional connection, which to me means the world because I've always wanted a community. Like I feel like my purpose in this world is to help others that were in my situation when I was like I don't know 15 14 like I was bullied when I was younger so I want to help and the only way to do that is to create relationships at scale that trust me 
So I do that through content where I get to, you know, show my expertise in different things. I get to share my story, but I also interact with them. And I love it. I love meeting new people. I, I love it when someone comments that they've had a similar experience or that I've helped them like that. That's my, that's what drives me every single day is that it's not the money, it's not the followers, it's not anything else. It's genuinely pursuing the purpose of helping others. We sound like we have a similar experience in that way where it's a difficult thing to quantify in that my blog, my first blog really gave me a purpose where most people know my story and I won't really go into it that much. But when I was at that point in my life, I'd wake up every day and I'd write in my blog and it gave me just something to focus on and something to think about. And it seems on the outside, like, um, just, I don't know what the word is, like, not that serious, you know, like, how could this be such a serious thing for you waking up and, and sharing content and just interacting with strangers online. But it, it truly, truly was like a lifesaver for me. I've heard you share little pieces of your story before and to whatever extent you're willing to go into it. Well, when you mentioned that you had been at a dark place or you mentioned that like you were bullied, I was picked on ruthlessly when I was a kid. Still to this day, I'm 37 now. And it's like one of those things where you go into sleep at night and you're just like, why am I thinking about this right now? Right? Like when you go to bed and all those, those ridiculous uh, insecurities come in and the, the, person that I was able to turn myself into because of my brands and because of the stuff that I did, it, it was it was such a big, helpful turning point for me. So with that being some context, you know, take that information however you will. But I, I'd, I'd love to hear how this journey has helped you find yourself in the way that you're explaining. Yeah, I mean, it's not to me. Everybody always like goes like, "Oh, you're so vulnerable," and I'm like, "No, I just, I literally just overshare." Like my favorite hobby is oversharing, <laughs> so whatever. Like I'm an open book, but like everyone, I guess everybody, every single entrepreneur I ever meet, they have been picked on for some reason. Like I haven't met a single successful entrepreneur that does didn't have like a bad experience when they were younger. So I think it's going to be normal to say like we were, I was picked on. I was uh, ruthlessly bullied when I was younger. So I always felt like the the black sheep, the outcast, uh, like I didn't belong, the outlier. And through time, I just had to make a world in my head where I belonged. And I found a lot of um, comfort in YouTube videos, social media. I was growing with the internet. So I was seeing Vine, uh, YouTube, all of these influences that came up. I was I saw all that happen. And in that, I found comfort on knowing that there were people like me somewhere in the world that could make me laugh and they wouldn't judge me. So a lot of my intense feeling of like community building is so I can replicate that and give that to someone that is looking for that com- like safety net, that someone that shares their same experiences. Because on the way, in my in my world that I created, I I I saw someone that could help me. So I want to help others that, and I can share those experiences with them. And I, I do that right now. I've done it now where when I was growing my fitness account and I was sharing my stories with um, eating disorders, I was like, I was a fat kid at school, then I lost weight. Then like I even lost more weight and then I fell into an eating disorder. I got out of it and I was like, I was broadcasting all of that live. Like I, I didn't, I didn't hold back because when I was going through all of that, I wished someone was 
saying what they were doing to heal because everybody's highlighting their achievements and how they're doing positively but no one ever speaks about the negative things that they're going through so when you're googling how to get help or how can i improve there's like this very uh, skewed information where it's like oh just try and get better oh just go to the gym or anything but there's no like real connection on like i felt like this and i did this and then that led me to that so i've always sort of wanted to just be like he here's me here's the reality here's what i'm doing i feel like shit today i didn't want to wake up then i woke up the next day i literally shouted at myself in the mirror and then i got my shit together but and i I wanted that so bad and i've done it on instagram and i'm doing it on linkedin where i went from unemployed to business to influencing on linkedin to big community to being in this podcast to meeting to being friends with people that i once idolized and all of that was, I, I was able to do all that simply because I tried enough and I was honest and I remained authentic to my values. And there's no, I don't, I don't, I don't think there's enough representation of that. So I want to be that for people. I agree so much with what you're saying. When people talk to me inside the Coffee Blogger Academy and they say, how do I come up with a content strategy? Of course, there's there's tactics you can deploy and there's research you can do. But the answer that I've actually come up with, and this is a little bit off topic, but people that are in like 12 step recovery circles, one of the things that you do is you just share your experience. You know, you just say, this is my experience. And if you can relate to me, great. If not, then there's somebody else that you can relate to. And so I always say, don't give advice, just share your experience because there's no arguing with experience like you can't say this is right or this is wrong or like oh that's so stupid how could you say that it's just like what what do you want me to do this is just what i experienced and i'm sharing it with you and so my content strategy has always been don't give advice share experience and you know there's sometimes where i i think maybe i go in too hard with that because it's like am i um like leveraging vulnerability just to try to build a following, you know? And, and I do think there is a balance there, but inside my heart and inside like myself, I really, really know that what I'm sharing is just a piece of myself. And I think people relate to it. And I think relatability is this kind of secret, untapped idea that people forget simply because they're trying so hard to to be a thing, you know, to like represent themselves in a certain way. And I, I I don't, I haven't found a way to turn that into something where I can really explain it to people like, no, just do it in this way, in this way, because everybody has their own authentic selves that they just need to figure out how to share. But how did you figure out how to do that? Like you mentioned oversharing. Was it really that simple? Like you just said, fuck it. I'm not going to hide myself anymore. I'm just going to overshare. Or is this a little bit of a, a refined approach that you, you've you've harnessed and figured out how to use? This is so interesting because the more, the more time I spend talking to people, the more they highlight vulnerability and authenticity. And to me, like I never thought of it as part of like a content strategy or anything. Uh, I never be, I, I was never like be more authentic, be more vulnerable. I was always just being myself. And the reason for this is, it's so funny because I'm delusional as fuck. Like I, since I was probably five, 
I, I just thought that I was the superstar in my own movie. I was always a celebrity. I, I literally pretended that there were cameras looking at me, like filming everything I was doing. So in my world, I've been a celebrity for about 25 years. Uh, everybody's like looking at what I'm doing. I, I'm just like in my head, I'm talking in a podcast consistently. So, <laughs> and that's all because I just told myself one day you're going to be that. And I ended up doing so. So it was more about how I wished someone spoke to me and I just spoke like that. Um, I don't, I don't like holding back. I, I don't know why, why naturally I am able to do that. I, I just don't feel the need to lie about what I've gone through. Because again, I wish someone told me what they went through and therefore I'd be, I'd be able to connect with them and sort of like see what I could take from their experience onto mine. Um, it was basically that for me. It wasn't like me making an active effort to be authentic. In, in actual truth, like my mom actually always says like, stop, stop sharing all of that. And I'm like, but why? And I, I just can't, can't stop myself from doing it. And some people like it, some people don't like it. And I definitely think that there's a time and a place to do so. I don't share it all on LinkedIn just because my brand on LinkedIn will defer to my brand on Twitter, will defer to my brand on threads, will defer to my brand on Instagram just because of the nature of each platform. Like on LinkedIn, people aren't there completely to look at my story. They want like actionability and like education and like stuff that can help them. And then if they like me enough, they can go to a podcast that I've done and then like listen to my whole story or like in the comment section. So I've been able to do that really well, I think, where I've been able to like segment parts of me to leverage the platforms individually so I could have the most success. And a lot of people do that wrong. Uh, they think that their personal brand, it's a personal diary, which is not. And that's why a lot of people fail at branding and they can come across as like oversharing or just not doing it right because they start treating content like, you know, a daily notebook. But it's not. It's like there's like a slight strategy to it. You articulated that and you said what I was trying to say and couldn't figure out how to say like, it's not a diary. You are using your experience, but what I'm trying to do is use experience to give people insight as to what worked for me or what didn't work for me, as opposed to like, oh, I'm really feeling like shit today. Somebody send me a DM so we can talk about it. So I, I think you articulated that very well. Uh, I, I wanna move on to how you mentioned different platforms. This is something that I just find really, really fascinating because there's so many of them and I have no intention on posting on all of them. This just isn't one, I don't wanna do it. That doesn't sound like any fun. And two, I don't think it's, it's very good advice. I don't think it's like a thing that would help you grow in whatever way that you're trying to grow. Twitter was in my view, the funnest social media platform that like there ever was. I used to have so much fun on Twitter I still do to an extent. It's changed a lot since Elon. And I think in a lot of ways, the recent rise over the last two years of LinkedIn has been from people going from Twitter to LinkedIn. Have you seen that trend? Yeah, I didn't I didn't know that Charles started on Twitter until like I like looked into him and like a bunch of other creators. I think Twitter has its advantage at having really good writers just simply because of the character limit. Like writers had to learn how to write concisely and communicate effectively through just like necessity of it in the world count, word count. And I love it. But I started on LinkedIn 
and I didn't know that Twitter had copywriters. I didn't know what money Twitter was until like very recently. So for me, I like started like digital sit round, which is fun because now I enter the Twitter space and I'm like, oh, right. Okay. I know nothing. Like I know nothing compared to all of these people. Yeah, but do you think, well, how do I pivot this question a little bit more? Do, if you had to start all over again, you say you know nothing, you know a little bit, and you saw Twitter for what it is, you see LinkedIn for what it is. Would you still make the same decision? Do you still think LinkedIn's the better spot to be? Yeah, 100% Twitter's, Twitter's win. And engaging from, <laughs> the, from the few times I, like the few months I've been on, link, on Twitter, it's hard to grow. It's hard to grow at the speed that you can grow on LinkedIn. And I say this to all the people on Twitter, if you have average content on Twitter, it will perform really well on LinkedIn, just simply because of like the disparity of information we have. Like on LinkedIn, no one knows that there's like a money Twitter and no one knows about all these hooks that you guys have been using for a while. Like when I joined Twitter, I saw the hooks that I thought like Charles Miller and like Matt Buck and all the people had like coins. And I was like, my life is a scam. I saw them every single day and I was like, wait, what? So they, it's like, it's a massive advantage when it comes to writing ability and just simply being able to talk about a variety of things well. I would definitely go to do LinkedIn to start though. I would as well. It took me years to get to 30 something thousand followers on Twitter. And it took me about a year to surpass that on LinkedIn, it's so much easier to grow and not just grow. It's it. And the engagement isn't necessarily the word either. It's like legitimate, curious people on LinkedIn that are checking me out. They're not just engaging to get a comment on my thread or, you know, hope that I see them. I've felt it's a much more different feeling when I'm over there. Well, why do you think that is? I think about that a lot. Like, why is it that when people are on LinkedIn, they're so much more willing to to get in the action, basically, to to network and meet people and and send authentic DMs that aren't, well, some of the DMs in LinkedIn are definitely spam for sure, but much less than on Twitter. How do they do that? Like, how did the culture get that way? Do you have any insight there? Yeah, I have. I see. I see that a lot. And I get asked that a lot. And it's weird. I simply just the nature of LinkedIn is like a community-driven nature like, platform. There's it's a networking platform in essence. So what do you do on LinkedIn? You network naturally. So therefore, you try to nurture those natural connections. And on Twitter, it isn't like that. I don't know what Twitter was designed to be. Wasn't it like meant to be a dating site at first, and then it like pivoted? <laughs> I think I heard that the other day. But um, it's it's just the different cultures, and you know. I, I love LinkedIn simply because of that. Like people are way more willing to learn from others and actually have a true connection rather than be so, you know, transactional is the word. Transactional yeah. is what I think of Twitter, where it's like, oh, follow for follow, or like, oh, I liked your, con your comment. I uh, like, I follow you. Can you follow me back? Or where can I, how can I get you to retweet my stuff? Like it's very different. And, it's not just transactional. There's like a, a really specific type of personality on Twitter that, I mean, we don't need to get into that, but it's it's mostly like a, a much more psychographic limitation of the people that like to interact on Twitter. Whereas on LinkedIn, I've it's 
more global, I think, a lot more global. I mean, there's people from all over the world that are just really legit, have actual faces on their profile pictures instead of, I don't know, some like NFT or some weird propaganda picture that's supposed to make me hate something for some reason. So that's been really cool for me. I mean, the amount of uh, people and networking I've gotten from the UK since I started LinkedIn has been really, really massive. I've met people from Southeast uh, Asia now. Like I'm starting, I, I'm, I'm finding a, a wave of, of people from Vietnam, from Indonesia, from Singapore. Um, that's really cool. Like there's people all over the world that are getting into LinkedIn and are being a, a real part of it. And I, I think that's so fun and like so exciting. Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, LinkedIn is so cool. I've met so many people. There's a big UK community, which is really interesting. Yeah. But when it comes to platforms, I just look at them at how they are. Like, what are they designed for? Like, how can you make the best out of them? That's why on Twitter, I'm just there, like, just in, I'm just interested. I'm not there to make money. Uh, there's, I don't know. I think people that just kind of tend to judge quicker than on LinkedIn. Like, on LinkedIn, everybody's like kind of trying to, to do something and grow. And there's like yeah. a lot of founders that I, are building in public and on twitter like the nature is just trolling and memes and you know you're yeah. doing that and yeah, that's that. fine because that's just nature just yeah. as long as you are prepared for that i'm not prepared for it so therefore i'm not posting as much as i should or like as many things as i should because i don't i don't want to get trolled uh but on linkedin Opens. It, it's just very much um you know how can i help you how can i help you grow what are you doing uh, what are you up to is this you know yeah, I think about it a lot, and I hope people listening take that advice seriously because the value I've gotten from LinkedIn has been five times more than the value I've gotten anywhere else. Uh, all right, let's talk about you and what you got going on. You just launched your cohort. It's called Literally LinkedIn, which I think is the best freaking name I've ever heard. And I like, I'm not saying that to poke fun of you. I really mean it. It's so memorable. I'm never going to forget it. It's such a great name. Um, the, the floor is yours T tell us about your cohort. Why did you start to what, why did you launch it? What are you trying to do? Who are you trying to help? Why are you yeah. doing it? I want to learn all about it. It's so funny that you, everybody likes the name. And I was like, I was up to like five hours before launch and I didn't have a website name. The, the name the name like it's been a course like, like a nameless course for like a really long time because i didn't know what to name it if i went like personal branding cohort it, that's too long if i went linkedin personal branding cohort that's too long linkedin unleashed it's not not what i'm going for and then my my newsletter is it's called that's literally it so i was like okay yeah i'm gonna look for the um i'm gonna go on namecheap and try and find the if it's it's if it's available and it was like ten dollars for the URL, so I was like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy it. I don't care." Great. I didn't, I didn't have any other choice. Like I was like, "I need to name this thing," so yeah. it was that. <laughs> and I guess the cohort is a seven-week-long program. I guess I'm gonna be running it now for a while. And mm -hmm. um, seven different modules, seven weeks of like masterclass with expert entrepreneurs, and I'm gonna teach everyone everything I've learned in my last. 15 months of LinkedIn of how I got from zero to like 87k um, in that amount of time because I've I grew up watching like buying courses I 
I probably spent about over $10,000 on courses throughout my life. Um, social media marketing courses, marketing courses. Um, I've obviously went to university as well, studied marketing. So all my life I spent being self-educated and also at university. So I've always wanted to fill the gap that I've always had when it came to courses. And that was how to find your it factor. Everybody is trying to build a personal brand based on copywriting and, and you know, content and trying to focus on the virality hacks and the algorithm hacks and how can I do this to go viral? And they forget the main essential component to marketing and that is psychology. Every good marketing marketer is is great at psychology and that course is like more, more focused on that, like how to actually write content that works, but how to persuade and how to influence and how to use charisma and all of those things that no one talks about and that helped me uh, build this brand out of nowhere. A guy named Ramit Sethi, who I've been following for years and years and years, and he he says very he has a very similar message and he's he's not even like a marketer he's a finance guy but every once in a while he shares why his emails and his writing is so successful and he's like look i just i focus on the psychology of why people make decisions and i agree totally especially you said something interesting right there which i want to like double click on you said your it factor that's another thing i think about a lot and especially um since I've started investing and there's a lot of different opportunities now. And a lot of times new products come around and there's, there's in almost every case, a product is similar to another product out there. And they're all trying to differentiate themselves through, you know, some kind of it factor, some kind of special thing that they do that nobody else does. And it's, it's a riddle that I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around because in some cases, I see the if factor just kind of happens. In some cases, I see the if factor is like very clearly manufactured and very intentional. So without giving away too much of your of your cohort, how, how do you even start there? Like, how do you find a thing that makes you unique? Yeah, actually, I'll give it, I'll give it away because I'm still like even thinking about it properly. And it's just, I was thinking about this when I was building the cohort, like how can I scale my sort of like journey how can I teach exactly this and I was like it's impossible because my journey is mine the reasons why people like me aren't going to be the reasons why people like anyone else like people like me for x y and z they like you for abc like it's different so how can I get people to find that thing that will make will exponentially grow them as a personal brand not just as like as a creator not just like a, a marketer just as a person because a personal brand is all about reputation and being liked and your influence and everything else it's not just about content so how how do I help people find that and so in some of the modules we're going to go through the transformation of like finding what makes them them so really having a lot of like self-awareness as to where where what makes them them like what do your friends know you for what do you like about yourself and how can you use that to your advantage? Like your find your unfair advantage in life. We all have one. Mine was like marketing because my parents like literally drip drip. Like they my my dad always made me intern at marketing uh places when I since I was like fifteen because he knew that 
it was going to be like a great thing. So that was my unfair advantage because it comes naturally to me. So what is what is all the people's? So we're going to go through that and like teach them everything else about LinkedIn and copywriting. But um, yeah. Yeah, but finding your unfair advantage, that's like a really, really good way to put it. it it's a asymmetric advantage that you have that other people can't replicate. And oh, wow, hold on. Let me just process that for a second because it's it's so hard. When the first 10 years, like I was an SEO and SEO is very technical and you're not sharing personal stuff all of that much. You're writing to solve problems, basically. You're answering specific questions. And because of that, I trained my mind to be pretty analytical and pretty um, just like ROI driven. Like I did this to achieve this for this particular reason. And one of the things that I've been experiencing over the last three years is like untraining myself in some of that because you can't, I, I guess you can, but it's very difficult to manufacture and analyze a really, really specific unfair advantage. And so for me, I've just been, like we talked about before, like sharing pieces of myself and seeing what gravitates towards people. Because you mentioned a word, which I've actually been talking a lot about a lot in my newsletter, and that's reputation. It's your reputation. Like your brand is nothing but your reputation. Your personal brand is nothing but like, what do people think of when they think of you? And so in a way, I've been creating this, but I've also been like just allowing it to happen and it's been sort of a, a discovery process in the same way because like I'm, I'm learning these things about myself too like oh wow I never really knew that about myself but the point I'm getting at is I do think you're right where your unfair advantage has to be your reputation because there's it's like the only thing that somebody else can't steal from you at some point or can't make better you know or can't like one up on your tech stack so your your brand is your reputation and I think it's important to go into it with that in mind. Yeah, um, I see a lot of, that's why a lot of people fail at personal branding and just building an audience and everything because they forget that every single post that they make uh, contributes towards their online reputation, their own outputs on a, every single comment that you make. Like, it, it, it adds to that thing and I've seen it, I'm seeing it at scale now with my own comments where I, I'm just I just crack jokes on LinkedIn and I just leave them and then people are like oh yeah she's really funny and I'm like how did you know that and they're like because we we see your comments and I'm like you're seeing that so sometimes it's like you know there's there's a strategy behind that sometimes there's not it's just like being able to understand how it works so yeah for me it's like that's what personal branding is and then what I wish someone sort of told me at the start like it's all of these things it's not just marketing it's just not a barrel post it's everything else in between so the culmination of of who you are yeah yeah so is this is this your thing now like we mentioned before you're really really comfortable in this space Uh, it's it's great seeing you thrive is this your lane are you have you found your shit and you're sticking with it I don't know. Um, I speak to my friends and they're like, you still that. don't know. They, they don't still don't know what, what your thing is. I'm just enjoying what it is right now. Um, LinkedIn, I love it. Changed my life. Uh, personal branding, I love it. It's changing lives. It's changed mine. And I think people should know how to build their, their selves back up. And that's through personal branding. I think social media gives 
everyone a second chance to become the person they want to be. And it's given me the chance to rebrand myself and create the persona that I, that my, I guess like my younger self would have liked me to become. So it just giving that opportunity to others and helping them understand that, Hey, you can, you have the chance to recreate yourself at any given moment. It's just up to you how to do it. Here are the tools. Here's how I did it. And here's how you can do it. Well, let me ask a, a little bit of a, a side question. This came up when I was talking to Charles, actually, because one of the things that happened to me when I was building my reputation is that what I thought I was doing it for, it worked because my goal was to sell Copyblogger Academy. Like I wanted to join people into my membership program. And that was that was the, the technical goal. But what actually happened is that most of the value that I got from it came in ways that I didn't even know were possible. Just opportunities came to me, new companies that I could invest in came to me. Have you gotten opportunities through your personal brand that you just never saw coming? You know, like, do you have any specific examples of that? Only a few, yeah. Only a few. <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. I don't want to know. Um, I've got an opportunities of a lifetime, starting with the fact that I get paid to write for people that are coaching me, literally. I get literally get paid for someone to coach me on their business. Yeah. And I write for it. Like, how insane is that? Like, I have, I work with some incredible founders and CEOs of like these really cool companies. And they just sit down for an hour, like at least twice a month. And they tell me about themselves. Like, that is the biggest opportunity right now for me. Um, I've been able to be featured on Forbes, which was a lifetime opportunity. Three years ago, I wrote that in my diary. I was like, their diary, I want to wow. be featured in Forbes. And then it manifested into itself. And I, that wouldn't, I just, I just don't know. I still don't know how it happened. It's, it's still surreal to me. I check, I check every night to see if it's still there. Um, sure. Yeah, it's, it's insane on the internet is crazy. And I, now I'm, like I said before, I'm, I'm able to be friends with people that I once idolized and that they're now my friends like Charles Miller. When I started my LinkedIn journey, like he was one of the influencers like creators that I looked up to and then all of a sudden one day he mentioned me on a list on his post and I was so happy I was like it was like 10 months ago I I, I have the post saved I recently looked at it and I was like That's so cool yeah like Charles Miller like noticed me and now like we're friends and like I speak to him sometimes and it's just insane and I have similar opportunities every day like I I, I love it. The internet is magical. I, I swear, like internet money, internet connections, internet friends, all of it. Insane. Yeah, it's a fun playground. I really agree. People, sometimes people tell me that I work too much. I probably do. It's just because I'm Scottish and I don't know what else to do with my life other than like continuously beat myself into the ground, right? But uh, but I, I always tell people like, this does not feel like work. Like I am playing all day and I'm just playing around, having a great time, <clears throat> building things, inventing things, creating things, meeting new people, learning things. So I share your enthusiasm and your gratitude. It, you have a lot of gratitude in, in the way that you talk about it. And I share that gratitude as well. Uh, yeah. I don't know why. I think 
that I've been in such dark places in my life that right. knowing knowing how it feels to not wake up and see things as gray is a blessing. If anyone that's like, if you've been through depression, you know how it feels to have it. And every day is literally gray. Like it's been, I think there's like a science behind that where everything you see is like bloom. Like, I don't know how to explain it. And the day I w woke up and that wasn't there is a blessing. So my, my excitement for life just comes from knowing what it looks like on the other side. And I'm, I'm, I'm never taking this for granted. So every day is like an opportunity for me to be happy and like share that and appreciate. It. And also it's like a, an homage to my parents that like literally saw me through all of this and my friends who like literally dragged me out of it. And I'm like, I'm happy. I'm happy. I can't, I cannot be happy. So yeah. And it's great. Do you not know think it's just like life is happier when you're trying to be happy. Yeah. Well, oh my gosh. What a good, simple, but important way to put it like you can try to be happy like you it's a thing that you can actually do and say like hey i want to do this as opposed to like oh i'm just not happy and i can't figure out why i, I won't go too much into it i think i personally don't strive for happiness i try to enjoy the down days or appreciate the down days as much as i enjoy the good days i just think happiness is like up and down but for me it's contentness I try to strive for contentness. Like I actually can be content in my life and be intentional about that. Even on days where I'm sad and even on days when I'm happy, like the contentedness that I'm going for is the level playing field. And like the happiness is sort of the the wave with the the peaks and valleys. So um, that's, a, that's a great message. All right, we'll wrap up with, um, with our closing tradition. What is the end point for all of this or the dream that you have that you hardly tell people about when you put your head down at night and you think of like oh where could this possibly go one day what is it that you think of mm -hmm. um i i want to be that person that my younger self didn't have like that inspiration i see people like cody sanchez and stuff and being being a powerful woman that i'm able to inspire other women to be themselves um when I was younger, I found it really hard to find someone to relate to that was like um, a girl with my same skin color that was Mexican that had been through my same struggles. I want to be that. So everything I do is just like grow so big and have like my message be heard by all of those girls in like different countries like Mexico. Um, and be, for for those girls that are struggling to be able to like be like, she's gone through what I'm going through right now and she's she's gone she's seen the other side i can do it too that that is my main purpose like that's always been my purpose to like you know honor that little girl that once felt lost and alone in this world like no it's fine and you can do it like here let me take your hand that that is that is everything to me powerful if i could do it you can do it too yeah, <laughs> yeah. hell yeah man <laughs> I enjoyed this so much. Excuse me. I enjoyed this so much, Lara. Um, you're going to, you're just going to crush it. You know, like you really, really, we were talking about that factor, whatever it is. I don't know why some people have it. Some people don't have it. You definitely have it. Um, you, I am, I'm, if you were like a stock I could invest in, I'd, I'd go all in <laughs> on whatever it is that you're building. Like you're building something really, really great. 
Uh, congratulations. I'm very happy for you. I'm thrilled to see you doing so well. Um, okay, so where 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 do we find you? It's just your name on LinkedIn, literally linkedin.com. Once again, the best brand I think I've ever heard in my life. Uh, anything else well, that you want to share before we sign off? No, Narco start everywhere. I chat share on Twitter. I am very professional on LinkedIn. I don't know what I'm doing on Instagram, uh, YouTube one day. I don't know what I'm going to do that. And yeah, my, and last one is like people obsess a lot with authenticity and finding authenticity and being authentic. I actually just want to tell people to just try and be themselves and find purpose because that's, that's what's got me as like in this podcast, like knowing what my purpose is, try and find it. And if you're struggling with anything in, in marketing or yourself, try and find your purpose. Amazing. Thank you again for being on the show. Uh, all of those links can be found in the show notes of the podcast. Go to copybloggerpod.com for the show notes. Sign up for the newsletter as well. On the newsletter, we put together um, just written text of the soundbite. So if you don't have time to listen to the whole episode, you can get some of the best pieces in, in just real written form. So copybloggerpod.com, you'll get all of that. Lara, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Yeah.